You are listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week. This story is pretty amazing. Last week we talked about the thrill of hope, the thrill of hope. We talked about Joseph, how Joseph was not just a secondary character, but he was just as important to the story and to the lineage of Jesus. And today I want to talk to you about the mother Mary, Mary gets a lot of airplay she rightfully so had to step into something that was unbeknownst to her she had no idea what she was going to be doing and this is the story of Mary the thrill of hope what is hope think about that for a moment really what is hope I want to continue dialoguing last week we talked about stewarding hope but today I want to talk to you how do you birth hope how do you get hope Because many of us, we feel hopeless sometimes because we watch the news or we get the diagnosis or we hear the reports or we just kind of sense the heaviness. Anybody feel heavy? Sometimes you just feel the heaviness. You go to the mall, everybody looks like drones, like they got to get their, you know, everybody's kind of doing their thing and it feels heavy. I feel it sometimes and I, I wonder where is the hope and maybe it's because we put hope in the wrong thing. As Naisha was saying, we put hope in the things that we can ascertain together, we can understand, we can figure out on our own. But many times we, we don't necessarily hope the right way. In fact, we say things like, don't get your hopes up. In fact, many times we actually believe for the worst, that way we don't get let down. Don't get your hopes up. I'm hoping... For the best, are you really? You're just hoping to, to get by. I, I, I want you to know God didn't create us to just hope for the best. Like, just hope. I want to talk to you about what it really means to hope. Many times we put hope in what we can understand, what we can figure out. I'm going to hope in this because I have all the information to lead me to believe that this is going to work out according to my good. But I want to talk to you about hope in a biblical sense. In fact, what is the difference between hope and faith? Maybe you thought about that before. What is the difference between faith in God and hope in God? Well, hope is a state of anticipation. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, so now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. If you notice, there are three words there, and many times we spend time on faith and love, but we don't talk a whole lot about hope. We know that faith is important, love is really important, because that's the greatest of these, but really, how does hope kind of fit in there? Well, let me show you in the Bible what hope really stands for. In the Old Testament, there's two words that stand for hope. The first one is yahal, which means to wait for. This is hope, the wait for. It's the same word that spoke into Noah when he was yahaling for the floodwaters to recede. He was hoping that they could get out of the boat. Let's just for a moment think about how much confusion and chaos must have been in that boat. I don't know how God made all the animals love one another and not want to nibble on each other, but for somehow... For all those days, but at some point, I'm sure Noah was like, I got to get out of his boat. And so he was hoping for the floodwaters to recede. There is another word, it's kaha, which means to wait, and it's the feeling of tension and expectation. It's when you pull a cord so it's so tight, there's so much tension, it's that kind of hope in God. I may have described a hope for you right now. You're like, that's how I feel 
for some things that I'm believing for? Are you yahaling or kahaling for hope? Psalms 39, 7 says, And now, O Lord, what else can I kaha or hope for? You are my yaha, my hope. You are that hope, that expectancy. That's the tension that I believe you're going to come through. And then in the New Testament, there is a new word, a Greek word, elpis, which means expectation. It's expectation in the risen God, Jesus, Romans 5, 2. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand and we rejoice. We elpis in the glory of God. We hope in the glory of God. We have now an understanding that everything he said in the Old Testament, he fulfilled in the New Testament, and we have a great hope in him. Romans 5, 2 says, we hope in the glory of God. This is not like the world's hope. That's why we don't get it right, because we try to pull upon the world's hope when really we don't understand it. We look at our nation and we put hope in things in our government. We put hope in things that we can see. We put hope in our bank account, our, 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 our wisdom, our knowledge, our, our career. We put hope in these things. But the hope that I want to talk to you about, the thrill of hope is in a hope that is in a person, not in a circumstance. Because your circumstances are going to let you down. But there's one person, Jesus Christ, that has never let us down. It's hope in God's past faithfulness that motivates us for the future. If he did it before, he's going to do it again. If he did it back then, I can put hope in that and know that he will do it again. Hope is a choice to wait for God to bring about a future. Let me say that again. Hope is a choice to wait for God to bring about a future. And we look to the risen Jesus as our track record. Essentially, biblical hope is faith in Jesus. You will not really understand hope unless you have the hope in Jesus. That's it. So I want to get this set up right before we go any further into the life of Mary and understand all the things she did. You cannot have the hope that we're talking about if you put it in anything else than the risen Jesus Christ. Here's the difference between hope and faith. Hope is waiting and expecting. Faith is believing and trusting. And if you look at that, you can see you need both of them to live at another level. You need the faith and the hope. We talk about faith. Guess what? I want to present to you, you may be low on hope. You may not have the faith you need because you don't have the hope first. First, you have to wait and expect to believe and to trust. All four of those things come into a natural existence of a Christian that changes the world. Hebrews 11.1, 1, the great faith chapter, right? It starts out by this. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. You can't have faith unless you have an assurance of hope, the conviction of things not seen. Let me say it this way. The believing of what you have been expecting. I believe in what I've been expecting. Come on now. I hope somebody's hearing this. I hope somebody's hearing this. Joseph had hope in the promise of the Savior and is an encounter with the angel that he was willing, hear me, he was willing to suffer ridicule and shame and cover his wife. It was the hope of an encounter. He had an encounter with an angel that gave him hope and faith to believe that even though he stepped out of his normal responsibility, he had no 
reason to continue on in the marriage. But he decided, I'm going to put my hope in the things that came to visit me because I know that there is something greater than what I'm seeing visually. Oh, and Mary had a hope that included her carrying the promise. She carried the promise without any sort of track record. She couldn't pull up another verse or look up someone else that carried the Son of God before. Let me phone a friend. Who carried, who carried the Messiah? Let me try to get some, some insider information. She had no track record. Nothing has ever been done like this before. Mary had to put her trust and hope in something that she had an encounter with, and she had to step out into to a dangerous place she was willing to risk it all so we talked about stewarding hope but you can't steward anything if you don't first possess it so let's talk about birthing hope birthing biblical hope mary's story mary is an example of hope number one hope reveals what's inside of you if you have hope inside of you it's the thing that comes out of you. It's something that develops in you. It germinates. There it is. It germinates in you. It begins to grow in you. Why? Because Romans 5 says this. Not only this, but we love, we rejoice, we get excited for suffering. Man, I hate that first verse. Let me put it this way. We rejoice in getting covid Okay, that sounds weird, Pastor Mark. That don't make any sense. That's suffering, right? Can, can we talk real or do you want a pastor to preach you something that you can't understand? I want to speak to you. We rejoice in 2020. We rejoice in going through trial. This is what scripture says. Why? Because it says knowing that all of that stuff produces endurance. Now look, follow me here. Endurance produces character. Oh, we need a lot of people with character. Not the crazy character. I'm talking about quality character. And character produces what? There it is. So actually what you're going through should lead you to hope. And this is what I love. It says this. So I didn't really like the first part of this verse, but I love where it's going. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Mary revealed what was in her heart because Mary responded not like a typical 12-year-old. Let me remind you, she probably was 12 years old. <laughs> I have some 12-year-olds. I've dealt with some 12-year-olds. I don't know if they would respond like Mary responded. <laughs> That's another level of hope. She understood that what she was getting ready to step into had to first come out of her. Hope in Christ does not disappoint. Let me say this again. If you're sad or let down or depressed or upset with God. You're not having the hope in the right thing. God never disappoints. Christians disappoint. Pastors disappoint. Church disappoints. Your mom and dad disappointed you. Your kids disappoint you. Your loved ones disappoint you. But Jesus never disappoints. You must get this. You will never put your hope in Christ if you think he's the reason for your issues. 
This sounds so basic, but this is what we got to talk about today in church because I got people not showing up to church because I'm done with God. Why? Because he hurt me. No, he didn't. He did not hurt you. Scripture does not say that God wants to hurt you. He says his plans for you are good. He loves you. It's people that hurt you. So get over the people and put your hope in Jesus. Come on now. Some of you say, well, I, I don't have it, Pastor Mark. I can't get it. Well, you know how you get it? It's in your praise. It's in your worship. It's releasing the things that you don't have. Oh, how do you do that? I begin to praise God even though I don't feel like it. Do you know you don't have to feel like praising God to praise God? Do you know that you don't have to? You say, well, Pastor Mark, that's not real. No, that's called girding yourself up. It's called building yourself up. It's called talking to your soul. Soul, come in alignment with my spirit. I sing praises to God. Come on now. Come on now. You're the alpha and the omega. I worship you. That means he's the beginning and the end. That means he wrote the story, finished the story. There's no edits or alterations. This story is complete. Ooh. So I'm telling you, that's just number one. Hope reveals what's inside of you. Number two, hope is an opposite spirit of fear. Luke 1, what does the angel say to Mary and Joseph? Two things, the same thing, though. He says, do not fear, fear not, do not fear, fear not. Why? Because the angel knew, when I tell you this, there is fear coming to your door. When I release the destiny, when I bring you to another level, you have an opportunity to walk in fear. Fear is always creeping around the promise. Why? Because he wants you to Dive into fear, not into your destiny. I'm telling you right now, the opposite spirit of fear is hope. So put on the hope. Luke 1.30 says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Do you know I can say that to you? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You have found favor with God. If we really understood our status with God, like if we really knew it, we should produce faith, hope, and love. It just comes out of us because it's his source. Number three, hope defies odds. Luke 1.34 says, Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? Verse 37, the angel responds and says, nothing will be impossible with God. I know your relative Elizabeth, she's barren and she's old, but guess what? She's going to have a kid too. Nothing will, what else? What else can I do? Anything. Because hope believes in the impossible. Hope defies odds. My thing to you is, if you look foolish to other people that don't know Christ, you're probably doing the right thing. Because hope looks supernatural. Hope looks ridiculous to the hopeless. How can you have peace? How can you have hope? Because I have hope in the person, not the circumstance. Hope defies odds, and hope requires risk. Do you know Mary risked it all? She risked it all to say yes. She risked shame and even death. Deuteronomy 22, we talked about this last week. Joseph had every right to bring Mary out and have her stoned. It was legally and biblically right. Woo, thank God the Old Testament. Woo, it moved on from that right now, you know what I'm saying? But the reality is, he had every right. She knew that. And in Numbers 5, some light reading for you during Christmas time, Numbers 5 talks about how she would then come before the priest and she would have to drink this bitter water. And if the water responded, it was a way for adulterous people to be found out and the priest would declare a curse over her. You don't think she knew this? You don't think she understood the consequences? And guess what? God spoke to her, 
Joseph, and Joseph covered her, and she never had to go through any of that. Why? Because her hope was in the promise that she was visited by an angel who said, fear not, because you guarantee the next day she was having fear at her door. You see that baby bump right there? Ooh, not going to be good. You could cover it up for a couple months, but eventually they're going to know. They're going to know when you start throwing up. They're going to know. They're going to come to that door. That priest's going to show up. And she had that fear, but she did not because she kept remembering. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Hope requires risk. Do you know, even to the end of her life, Mary risked it all. Scripture says she was one of the few that followed Jesus that were actually at the crucifixion. She was there. Now, get this was a criminal on a cross. You don't associate, let alone be the mom of him. And she was there, and she was one of the few. She risked it all because she had hope. I don't know what it must have felt like to be the mother of Jesus, and you know he's the son of God, and he's nailed to a cross, and you're weeping, and you know your life's in danger, and you're thinking, I did all of this work, and he's up on a cross. But how many know she rejoiced when, when he walked out of that tomb? Because her hope was in the promise. This is the Savior. It can't end like this. It, maybe she said that as a mom. It can't end like this. God, it can't end like this. All that I went through, and he's up there. But man, her hope did not disappoint. All that suffering, all that endurance, come on, it did not disappoint. That's what hope says. It does not disappoint. I remember even as I shared last week about what Leanna and I have been going through here over these last few weeks and this last month and a half here with the diagnosis of, 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 of one of our twins in her belly dying. I, it's, it's still processing it. I, I sometimes feel like, Lord, what kind of roller coaster was that? But what I didn't let you know was when we, had the when we found out that she was carrying twins, we also found out there was a potential issue with one of them. But we still chose to share the news. So when Leanne, I remember we're sitting there processing, there's something wrong with one of them. What, what is it? We don't know. Well, we need you to come back. It could be threatening. It could be, could be, could be dangerous. And, and I remember Leanne says, you know what? We're going to share this. We're going to share the news of the twins. We're going to celebrate, even though we're not sure exactly what's going on. So I'm telling you, sometimes hope requires risk. Sometimes hope looks foolish, but we shared it. You didn't know that, but we shared it. We knew in our hearts something was not right, but we knew. We shared it anyway. And then when we found out that that one baby in her belly, her, the heartbeat had stopped, we still rejoiced in the other one whose heartbeat beats today. See, what I'm saying is hope is not predicated on the announcement. Hope is not predicated on the diagnosis. Hope is not predicated on what I can think with my mind. Hope is predicated on a person, on Jesus, on God. My People go, how can you have so much joy? How can you do that? How can you post these things and rejoice? Because my hope is not in what I see. It's in God. He is sovereign. He is good. Even if the diagnosis is not what I had posted on Facebook. People just living off our hope. That's all right. You can live off the draft of our hope. That's fine. Because we're going to keep going. That was car references, by the way. I don't know if some of you got that. You know. Okay, thank you. But I'm like, some people, like, they, 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 don't, have, they don't even have hope. But maybe they read something and realize... I can, I can take a little hope off of that. Hope requires risk. I'm telling you, sometimes we, we have good news and we don't want to share it. I've said, I, Leah and I know so many people, they get pregnant and they don't want to share. We, we don't want to say anything until we get to past the, the, the hump, the three months, four months. What, what, what do you do? You're expecting, you're expecting death. I'm sorry, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm just telling you. 
rejoice. But what if we get let down? There it is again. There it is again. What if, what if, what if, what if? We live in the negative so we don't get depressed when it happens. But I live in the positive and I believe for the good things to happen. I still believe for good things for this other baby. This is my son in, my, in her belly. And this son's going to do something. He's going to make, he's going to change the world. There's no, I'm, I want you to get this because we have to get past this idea that I, everything bad's going to happen. For many people in this room, you're still thinking like this. You're naturally inclined and taught to think the worst. It's the worst case scenario. One of our people on our staff a couple years ago, she was raised by a dad who would constantly tell her the worst case scenario. Some of you know who I'm talking about. But there was always this thing, like if you're driving behind a truck and the truck's got some crazy stuff in the back, what's going to happen if all that stuff falls out of the back of the truck? What do we do? All these processes of worst case scenarios. And I'm thinking, wow, talk about fearing the worst, right? Like if this building falls down, if that truck flips over, these are unbelievable amounts of fear that we have to process when instead we should be going, what if God steps in? What if God does what he said he was going to do? What if his word is true? We know the answer to this. It's yes, it is true. But that's the hope you have in him. That leads me to the next one. Hope gathers the hopeful. Smack dab in this story, Mary visits Elizabeth. I think it's so key for this. Now we know Elizabeth's carrying John the Baptist. John the Baptist prophesies and was a forerunner for Jesus. But here's the interesting thing about it. When the angel visits Mary, she says, Elizabeth is six months pregnant already. Scripture says that Mary runs with haste. She went with haste to her relative Elizabeth. Why? I'll tell you why. It says she spent three months with with her. And I believe that Mary realized she needed to surround herself with someone who had hope like she did. If you do the math, six months pregnant, stayed for three months, that means she got to witness the birth of John the Baptist. I'm telling you, there's not a doubt in my mind that doubt tried to come to Mary. So Mary said, first and foremost, I need to be around somebody. Somebody. There's only one person on this planet that can understand what I'm going through. And she just so happens to be a relative. So she went in haste. For some of you, we need to run with haste to other people that have hope. Because you may be deficient on hope. You may be going through it, but but I guarantee you there's somebody who went through it already and is on the other side. So maybe that's the reason why we should be going to church. Maybe the reason why God is, God is telling us, I was glad. I was happy. The psalmist says, I was glad when I said, let us go into the house of the Lord. But what does the enemy do? He pushes us away. We shut down the churches. We all come out. We don't want to go. And what happens? We run out of hope. That's why depression is on an all-time high. I'm telling you. First of all, let me just say, this place will never close down again. You can guarantee that that will never happen again I promise you that but I will say this because hope gathers the hopeful you come to church less hope you should leave here full of hope and if you didn't you're not around the right people start rubbing against people that have hope start rubbing Lord I need your hope Papa Chuck I need some hope you need to get around people that are hopeful for some of you right away you're starting to think I need to stop hanging around with so and so I need to stop looking at so and so's post because you're feeding off of what you're around Mary said I'm running with with haste. 
She was running with haste. She went to Elizabeth and hung out, and they talked. You doing good? I'm doing good. There's no one else that understands this. I know. I'm pregnant with something. Me too. I mean, this is crazy. They're going to be partners in this. Wow. No one else knows this. That was the only people they could talk to. And when she birthed for John the Baptist, something instilled inside of Mary, and she goes, I got this. Jesus, come on. We got this. <sighs> Study the voices in your life. Study the voices in your life, please. Hope has the ingredients of obedience. Luke one thirty eight says, Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be so. Let it be according to me, according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary had a choice to say no. Do you know we would have been singing, Laura, did you know, if it wasn't Mary? I don't know. I mean, Mary said yes. She had, do you know she had a choice? Like, seriously, we think, like, this is happening. I believe when she came into agreement and obedience, the seed, this is crazy. The seed, Jesus, the supernatural God, humbled himself into an embryo and a sperm. I won't get into all the details. You guys know this. And actually formed into her womb. Have you ever thought about that? We, probably, we don't have any songs like that. Jesus, the embryo. We don't do those songs. <laughs> probably for a reason. Jesus, the sperm swimming down. I mean, that's, that's weird. It's weird. On live stream, I know. But the, the reason, I'm telling there's a reason for this. There's a reason for this. Because I want you to understand that Jesus, the creator of all this, listen, you got to hear me. He humbled himself to become one of the smallest things, to literally go into Mary and to be there for nine months growing. This is humbling. He humbled himself as a baby. But it all happened because Mary said, let it be. I'm wondering how many seeds that God wants to plant inside of you that have not germinated because you did not be obedient to say, let it be. See, hope says, yes, I'm obedient. I'll be obedient. You can't have hope if you're not obedient. It's so funny. The old saying was, you know, you can't win the lottery if you never play. You'll never experience a supernatural lifestyle if you're not obedient to step out in faith and hope. It's the only way it'll happen. But I've never seen somebody get healed and keep praying. Say yes. Mary said yes. Hope partners with faith and faith is evident by action. Last one, hope shares the story. You know, it's funny. There's a thing going around on social media that says Mary did know and <laughs> because she sang about it. Mary, did you know? Yeah, Mary knew. Maybe not to the extent of all these things, but Mary had an idea that the baby that she was going to be giving birth to would change the world. And it's in, in, in Luke 1, verses 46 through 55, Mary sings a song. I don't know how Mary's voice was. Maybe it was good. I'm not sure. Either way, she praised the Lord. And I love this. In Luke 1, 51 through 55, you know what she does? She shares the stories 
Hope shares the story. It testifies. She says this, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from the thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Mary began to sing the praises of the Savior that was in her womb. Now, let me even say this to you. God had not spoken to people for hundreds of years. So Mary's pulling upon stories that she heard about. I don't think she experienced any of this. She remembered the stories, and she began to prophesy the stories over her life. He has done this. He has done this. Some of you, you need to begin to do that over your next year. He, he will do. If he did this for me, he's going to do this. I know he did this for Naisha. I'm going to believe he can do it for me. I heard he did this for Scott and Angela. I'm going to believe he could do it. Begin to prophesy. Get the stories from other people and begin to listen to them and sing them and prophesy them over yourself. Hope shares the stories. Let me take it another step further. Do you know that Mary had a big hand in writing the Gospels? Did you know that? Who else would have known all of the things that took place in Jesus' birth? She would have either told them to Luke and Matthew, or she would have told them to Jesus, and Jesus told them to Luke or Matthew. Either way, Mary was the one. She's the only one around to tell the stories. Mary would have told the stories. Do you know when you were young, when you were a baby, we were visited by Magi. They brought these gifts. She would have told the stories of hope because they would have continually been on her lips. Mm, mm, mm. don't stop telling stories of God's goodness. I don't care if people say I've heard that many times. You know, as you get older, you start telling the same stories, right? That's the dad thing, right? So you're shaking your head and you start remembering, I told this story before. Don't, don't disclaim it. If it gives God's glory, keep saying it. Keep telling it. Until your kids go, I already know this story. Then you recite it, kid. <laughs> Too many times... We've stopped talking about God's goodness and the world needs to hear it firsthand from you. It is normal for you to hope and not feel guilty. Listen to me. It is normal for you to get your hopes up. Ha ha. I'm going to release this. It's normal for you to get your hopes up. Oh, Pastor Mark, you don't know what I've been through. It doesn't matter. You put your hope in Christ. It's normal for you to get your hopes up. Man, I'm telling you, this is not just a Christmas word. I hope if you have a hope, here we go, a lot of hopes. If you have a hope sign for Christmas, leave it up all year long. It's the story of Jesus is still good in February. Now your lights on the porch should be down by February. <laughs> Christmas tree, please bring it down by February. But the stories, if it's still up by April, please check yourself in. And get hope. And get help. Hope is not in the circumstances of our present culture and environment. Hope is not in our government. Hope is not in political figures. Hope is not in a vaccine or, or an antidote or a, or a mandate. Hope, I'm not, I'm not, listen, hear me out because people are going to zone in on one word. I'm saying to you, if you put hope in anything else, you will be let down guaranteed. But if you put hope in Jesus, don't debate me. You can hate me. But the reality is hope in Jesus will not disappoint. I'm so tired of people being let down because they put their hope in the wrong thing. 
So hear me out. I'm just as angry with the state of our country and the state of our world right now as you are. And every time I get upset, I remember, no, God's got this. He didn't fall off his throne. He didn't go take a nap. He's, he, he, he's right in the midst of it, and he is doing great things. So you can either make a choice to listen to the reports on one side or listen to Jesus. What is he saying? Get around hopeful people. Get around them. Begin to share hope. Hey, I notice you're down. I notice you look gloomy. I know you came in, and you look like you're heavy. Guess what? God's your hope. Begin to prophesy life over people. Come on the 29th to a revival night. Let's go out this year with peace and and love and joy come on now and hope get your hope up Lord I just thank you for every person in this place today I thank you right now that every person in this place be filled with a supernatural hope that cannot be stolen from anything of this world God I know we're told to to do these things, this will help us. But Lord, man, if we would only listen to your word, wouldn't be in half the mess we're in today. So Lord, we repent for putting our hope in anything else other than you. You're the only true living hope that we have. And today we thank you for being that to us. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to Southview Church. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multicultural, multi-generational, Holy Spirit-filled and led community. We believe that who the sun sets free is truly free. If you would like to connect with us further, check us out at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.